morning, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, February 24th edition of the MDOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It's crazy, eh? We're almost done February. One more week, one more event. UFC Norfolk, that's on Saturday. I'll be breaking it down tomorrow morning with Cole Sheldon. But today, I'm going to be focusing on UFC Auckland, which took place on Saturday night in Auckland, New Zealand. And uh, it turned out to be actually a pretty good card. Some really good knockouts and great main event as well. So I'm going to be recapping that card today. I'll focus on that tomorrow. I'll get back to the regular news. But as usual, I do recap the cards that took place in the weekend on Monday. And I should mention there's also Bellator to talk about as well, which I will talk about a little bit. But I'm going to focus mostly on the UFC and then I'll get to Bellator afterwards. Okay, so let's start with the UFC. Really good card for a fight night for sure. Um, great main event. In the main event, Dan Hooker defeats Paul Felder via split decision, 47-48-48-47-48-47. Just a really, really good fight between two absolute warriors. These guys left it all in the cage. As expected, I'm surprised this one went the full five rounds. I mean, these guys were beating the hell out of each other. Uh, they both ended up in the hospital. They took a great photo together in the hospital, which I love. I love those hospital pictures like Gustafson and uh, Jones. Korean zombie Yair. I love those pictures. They're some of my favorite MMA pictures. So these guys really went to war for five rounds. It was a super close fight. Like, there's no robbery here, guys. You know, I, I saw some people saying Felder got robbed. That's crazy. This was a super close fight. This is about as close as it gets. It really was a close fight. Uh, the judges really didn't agree on any of the rounds for the most part. Um, one of the judges scored the first three rounds for Hooker and the last two for Felder. One of the judges scored the first three rounds for for Felder, I believe, or the first two rounds for Hooker and the last three for Felder, if I'm not mistaken. And then the one judge had it one, three, and five for Hooker and two and four for Felder. That's all I scored personally. I did score the fight 48 47 for Dan Hooker. It was a super close fight. The last round was the cider for me. And uh, I don't want to say it came down to a takedown because I don't think it really necessarily did. But with a minute left, Paul or uh, Dan Hooker landed a takedown on Paul Felder and had control for a minute and to me in a super close fight that went back and forth i do think that was the difference in the fight and uh for me that's why i scored for him it was a super close fight i just think that getting that decent position on the ground i'm not gonna say it was a dumb decision because he didn't get like uh full mount or side control or something but he had a good position on the ground in a super close fight not only that but if you do look at the stats and i'm not really like a guy that's huge on anime stats especially since the judges don't actually get to see this stuff during real time. But if you do look at the stats, Dan Hooker outstruck Paul Felder in the, fir in the first, third, and fifth round, which are the rounds I scored for him. So people saying this to Robbie, that's nuts. It was a super close fight. If you scored it for Paul, if you scored it for Paul Felder, that's cool because I think it was close, and I do think you could score for Paul Felder. I just personally had it for Dan Hooker. I thought it was super close. Great fight, though. It really was a great fight. Okay, so afterwards, Dan Hooker, he gets the win. He's down one three straight fights. He's 7-1 at lightweight. The guy's a beast. Call out Justin Gaethje. I'd love to see this fight. I think it makes a lot of sense. Justin Gaethje doesn't have a fight right now. Justin Gaethje's calling on Conor McGregor every day. He's not getting that fight. Conor McGregor's going to wait to see what happens with Khabib and Tony Ferguson. And he won't take a fight until then. So Justin Gaethje, he wants to wait two more months to see if Conor McGregor's going to get the rematch with Khabib or fight Tony. That's up to him. I don't think that's a good idea. I think Justin needs to take another fight in the meantime. I really do. He hasn't fought since last September now. He's not making money at the moment. He can go out there and fight Dan Hooker. He probably beats Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's a really good fighter, but Justin Gaethje's, I think, a little bit better. Now, having said that, Dan Hooker is extremely dangerous, and Justin Gaethje's very reckless in his fights generally. So, you know, Hooker definitely could win that fight. It's a, it's a risky fight. And if 
Gaethje loses the hooker, he's going to be upset at himself because he'll be like, okay, I was just close to a title shot, and then I lost to a guy who's right below me. But at the same time, Connor is going to get that title shot next, regardless of what all of us think. I don't want to see him fight for the title, but he's probably going to get it because Dana White wants that. So I think Justin should take this fight with Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's probably going to need a month or two off, I would say. He probably does heal pretty quick. But at the same time, he's going to need a little, little bit of time off. But when he comes back, I'd love to see him fight Justin Gaethje. That is the perfect five-round main event for a fight night card. You could put it on a pay-per-view as like a co-main event. Maybe, I don't say it's a main event, but, you know, a big Fox card could be a main event. I don't think it's a pay-per-view main event. There's no title on the line or anything like that. And quite frankly, I don't, I don't know if those guys are big enough names to headline a, a pay-per-view. But I do think it's a really good uh, fight night main event. So I'd love to see this fight for five rounds. And I think it'd be a really fun one. And for Paul Felder, you know, after the event was over, he said he's considering retirement, which is really sad to see because the guy is a really solid fighter. And he arguably could, could have won this fight. And overall, you know, he's five and two in his last seven fights. Had he won this fight, he would have been six and one in his last seven fights. He also uh, had come off a nice win over Edson Barboza. But remember, guys, that fight, most people thought Edson Barboza won. So kind of there's a give and take in MMA. You get a lucky decision, you lose a bad decision. It happens, man. This is part of the sport, you know. When you go the full distance and fight tooth and nail against a guy, it's going to come to the judges and what they see. If you go to decisions.com, which is a great website, if you go there, look at the Edson Barboza Felder fight. A lot of people thought that Edson Barboza won the fight. The majority of media and fans thought Edson Barboza won the fight. In this fight, it does seem like the majority of media did lean towards Felder to win the fight, which is fine because I think it was a super close fight. But at the same time, Remember, it comes and goes in MMA. Should he retire? I don't think so because I think he still has more to give in the sport, personally. And I think that he can still beat a lot of guys at 155 pounds. But at the same time, he is 35, 34 years old. He's turning 35 in April. He does have a young child at home. And here's the thing with Paul Felder. He has another job. He has a job with the UFC. He's a color commentator. So he, he is able to retire if he wants to because he has something to fall back on, which is not what a lot of the other fighters can say. And the one thing I'll say about Paul Felder is he is going the distance in these fights and he's taking a lot of damage and he's giving a lot of damage. He's not getting knocked out. The only stoppage loss he has against, is against Ronaldo, which was a TKO doctor stoppage back in 2016. He's not getting KO'd. He's not like Chuck Liddell getting knocked out every fight. He's not like Carolina Kovacavich, who I'll talk about in a second, who's getting you know injured in these fights where she can't even see afterwards. I think Felder, he could fight again. It's really up to him. It really is. You know, Duke Rufus and Brian Butler, his coach and manager respectively, they think he's going to fight again. It's going to be his call. And if he does fight again, I'm sure the UFC will happen because this guy is exciting every time out. So super close fight. I think to see Paul Felder retire after this. But you know what? If that's what he wants to do, then I respect his decision because, you know, he'll be going out pretty much on top. I mean, he did lose the fight on the scorecards, but, man, it was a great fight. And if that's the way he goes out, uh, you know, that's not, the, that's not the worst way to go out. So overall, just a great fight. I mean, this was an awesome fight. This is what we wanted to see. I'm surprised it went the distance. I thought someone would get finished. But, uh, yeah, great fight, and Dan Hooker wins. All right, co-main event time. Jimmy Crute defeats Michael Alexiak via submission. I actually called this one to a T. I said Jimmy Crute by submission, so I'm happy with that. I saw that he was, like, plus 700 by submission. So, so hopefully some of you guys got that because that's crazy. I mean, this guy is fantastic prospect, really good in the ground, very dangerous with his submissions. I know we got submitted in his last fight by Sirkinov, but uh, overall he's very good. And then Alexei, solid prospect as well, but that's back-to-back -back submission losses for him now. 
which obviously isn't very good. He's been submitted three times in his career. Still a decent prospect in a 205-pound division that needs prospects. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was very impressed by J.D. Crew here. Only 23, guys. So very young. He's turning 24 in uh, two weeks, but still very young fighter. And overall, three in one of the UFC since making his debut in 2018. So a dangerous fighter and an excellent fighter. And I'd like to see what's next for him because I think that he can go far in the sport. But I'd like to see him kind of be built up somewhat slowly by the UFC. You know, don't get too high. Don't get too low as far as the rankings go. Uh, I don't think Alexiak was ranked. I don't think Krug was ranked. Just taking a look at the rankings. There really isn't anyone in the top 15 who I'd like to see Krug fight next. I think he probably should fight a lower, like a guy that's not ranked at this time, even though he did win in the co-main event. Because if you look at the rankings, like Shogun's booked, Krylov's booked. I guess he could fight the loser of Walker and Krylov. That could make sense. Sorkinov's not going to because he just lost to him. So, yeah, I, I'm starting to think that maybe an unranked guy. But there's lots of actually decent fighters in the division now. So, I, you know, just a slow build, this guy, at 23 years old. Kevin Scott, you seem extra fired up today. I think I slept decently last night, Kevin. I don't know. And I really like this card. It was a fun card. Adrian Kapoor, Poirier versus Felder, and Gaethje versus Hooker. Uh, sure, that sounds good to me, man. I like that. I, I really like the Hooker-Gaethje fight again because Gaethje used to fight. And Polder, Poirier versus Felder, I did not think about that fight. But that's a fun one. Don't know if it's going to happen. Poirier wants to fight in May. There's a card coming to San Diego. It seems like the UFC wants him to headline that card. Don't know who it's going to be against. Nate Diaz, I think they wanted that to be the main event. Don't think it's going to happen, so not sure what's going to happen there. But, yeah, we'll see what happens as far as that uh, card goes, as far as Poirier goes. But, yeah, Felder versus Poirier would be fun. All right, let's get to the next fight here. Yan Jin – oh, man, sorry, guys. Uh, Yan Jonan uh, – I'm terrible pronouncing this name, but she beats Karolina Kovacavich. Unanimous decision, 326 across the board. Just an absolute beatdown by Yan. And uh, Kovacavich, man, I think this could be it for her, guys. You know, four straight losses, 34 years old now. Took a ton of damage in this fight. Broke a bone above her eye. She is in trouble here as far as her career goes. Two and six in her last eight fights. Four straight losses. She's getting beat up in all of her fights now. Hasn't won a fight since 2018. I mean, it's been almost two years. So I think that's it. You know, maybe she gets another fight because she has been a warrior for the UFC. And she's taking a lot of fights against tough opponents. But I can't see them keeping her around anymore. So for her, it's like, does she go to Invicta where she was once? Does she go to KSW where she obviously was a star for a while? I don't know. You know, some people are saying Bellator go up to flyweight. Maybe that's a good decision. I think maybe stay in the UFC and go to flyweight, put on some weight and go up the, go up a division, put on some muscle. But at this point, I mean, I think retirement's very much an option because, you know, she is 34. She's talked about having a family in the past. And, uh, you know, she's getting hurt in these fights, which is not good to see. So it is what it is, but uh, I think that could be for her. For Jan, you know, pretty good fighter here. I mean, she's 12-1 in one-no contest now, and she is four, 5-0 in the UFC, actually. She, she's been winning all her fights. It's time for a top-10 opponent. You know, just looking at the rankings for Yan, who would be someone for her to fight at women's straw weight. Um, Carolina was ranked number 14, so... Looking at the ranking, number 13 is Alexa Grasso. That could be a decent fight for Yan. Or number 12, Tisha Torres. Or number 11, Felice Herrig. All those fights make sense to me. She'll definitely get a ranked opponent in her next fight. Next up, Marcos Rogero de Lima defeats Ben Sassoli via first-round TKO. I mean, this was just a beatdown. Ben Sassoli is just not a UFC caliber fighter. This guy has a really bad record. Zufa, 0-1 and 2-0 no contest. That's just a weird record. This guy's not very good. And for de Lima, very inconsistent. Win-loss, 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 win-loss. But he got the win in this fight. He looked good. 
I think he could have easily won a bonus. I thought he looked really good in this fight, but uh, he didn't get it. I should mention Felder Versucker obviously won fight of the night, and Jimmy Crude won performance tonight, as well as Priscilla Cachoeira. I'll get to her in a minute. But yeah, I thought Dolima looked really good. He's not a top 15 guy, but uh, he's someone that could always win a fight against someone in the rank because he does have that KO power. Next up, Brad Riddall defeats Magomed Mustafa. Split decision 29 28, 28 Whoa, that a close fight here as well. Judges really thought they could have gone either way. I think a lot of us thought that Riddell probably won the fight just based on the amount of damage he did. I thought he did a lot of damage. Mustafaev did a great job hugging him. And uh, someone who picked Mustafaev, I was kind of hoping he got a really bad decision to add to my picks column. But no, I mean, Riddell won this fight, and he looked good in this fight. And the guy's a very dangerous fighter. And that whole city kickboxing gym, I mean, Israel, uh, Volkanovski, Riddell, that's a really good gym. And he looked good in this fight. Mustafaev, that's uh, kind of a bad loss for him. He's only two, three and two now in the UFC. Kind of disappointing, but yeah, for Bernal, two and zero oh now. Time for a step up again. Not a ranked opponent. His next time out, Mustafa was not close to being ranked, but uh, definitely uh, a decent step up, I think, for Brad Riddell. And the guy's a very fun fighter to watch. Just looking at things, I mean, what about this fight? What about Scott Holtzman? He was coming off a war with Jim Miller in his last fight. What about Brad Riddell versus Scott Holtzman? That'd be a great fight. Kevin Scott is this week's event the worst card headline by a title fight in UFC history. It's a bad card. It is a bad card. But I'll talk about it tomorrow. It's not very good, though. And Grass is moving up the flyweight. That is correct. She is moving up because she's missing weight. So, good point. Forgot about that. So, yeah. Forget about her. But, yeah. Felice Herrick or Tisha Torres makes a lot of sense for Yan in her next fight. Let's get to the prelims now. Featherweight fight. Zubair Tukugov defeats Kevin Aguilar via first-round TKO. He looked really good in this fight. A lot of people just kind of, I think, forgetting that this guy is a really hyped-up prospect. He's Habib's friend, trains with Habib. Look at his record now in the UFC, 4-1-1. One, one. That's not bad. I thought he won his last fight, too. He could be 5-1. and one. So, the guy's solid. For Aguilar, I mean, he's been a little bit disappointed in the UFC, 2-2 two and two now. A lot of us thought he'd be a serious contender at 145 and just kind of hasn't shown that. So, great win by Zubair Tuhugov. And he'll move up the ladder after that one. Uh, next up, Jalen Turner defeats Joshua Kulabau via second on TKO. A really good win by Turner. He needed this one overall two and two now in the UFC. And uh, he really needed this one, guys. You know, all his wins are by stoppage, nine wins by stoppage, but he also has lost three times by knockout. He's nine and five. So he's eight and five coming in this. Had he lost, he would have been eight and six. So he needed this win. It was a big win for him. And for Kulabau, first loss of his career, fighting a tough dude on short notice. It is what it is. Next up, Jake Matthews defeats Emil Weber Mech via unanimous decision. 29-28 across the board. Jake Matthews does what Jake Matthews does, kind of just grinds guys out. And he won five of his last six fights, four of them by decision. The guy is definitely an effective fighter with his grappling, but uh, I think he's got to start finishing some more fights if he wants to really move up that ladder. But still, you know, 25 years old. I mean, this guy's pretty young. Again, you know, he made his debut in the UFC at age 19, and he's actually looked pretty good in the UFC for the most part with a 9-4 record, which is pretty damn solid. Next up, Song Kennedy defeats Callum Potter via knockout in the first round. He looks really good. Again, another guy who could have won a bonus. Uh, Song Kennedy is a very dangerous fighter. He is 4-1 now in the UFC with three of those wins by knockout. I'd love to see him fight Li Jingliang. Battle of the two best Chinese fighters in the UFC. Be a fun fight. Two guys that knock each other out, knock their opponents out. Be a fun fight. I don't know if that happens because Li is ranked and Song isn't, but, you know, it'd be a fun fight. And for Potter... That's another knockout loss. One and two now with two knockout losses. Could be it. Maybe he gets one more fight. We'll see. Kai Kara France defeats Tyson Anvi in decision. 30-27 across the board. Kara France, very fun fighter to watch. He is 4-1 now in the UFC. He's just a fun fighter to watch. But anyways, puts on good fights. And for Tyson Am, 0-2 now. 
36 years old, oldest fighter in the flyweight division. I kind of feel bad for this guy, though, because, I mean, look at his two matchups in the UFC, Pettis and Kara France. And, you know, th this guy came to the UFC back in 2011 or 2012 when he knocked out Edward Dantes. I think he would have had a much better career in the UFC, but uh, came a little bit too late, 36 years old, pretty old for a flyweight. So, unfortunately, Kai Kara France or uh, Tyson Nam, after this loss to Kai Kara France, probably does get cut. I'd like to see him fight one more time in the UFC, but I think he probably just get released. Next up, Angela Hill defeats Loma Lukunmi at the unanimous decision, 30-27-29-28-29-28. Another win for Angela Hill. Three straight wins, won four over the last five. I mean, I pick against her every fight, guys, and I'm always wrong now. It's crazy, right? Like, she's really improved her game. I got to give her credit here. Still think she loses to a lot of the fighters in the top 15, though. You know, I think she's beating people that are not ranked, like Lukunmi, Cyphers, Carnalosi, Eskimo. These are not ranked fighters. So keep that in mind, guys, when she does get her step up, because she deserves it at this point after winning these fights, but I think she loses to majority of the top 15 fighters. Even this fight was not like a runaway. Uh, Luke Boonmi, who only has five pro fights, I think held her own in this one, but yeah, Angela Hill won the fight, good for her. And opening up the card, Priscilla Cachaware defeats Shayna Dobson via knockout in the first round, 40 seconds in. Really nice win for Cachaware. You know, this is someone who's kind of had a rough run in the UFC with three straight losses, especially fighting Valentina or debut. That was like a death sentence. She got beat up really bad and then lost her next two fights. So good for her to win this fight, and I'm glad the UFC did give her a bonus. I think she, that's well-deserved for her. For Shane Dobson, now I think she's 1-3, and three, and I think that's it for her in the UFC. So overall, guys, I think it was a pretty good card. You know, for a fight night uh, that no one was really talking about too much, I think it was a pretty solid card. Comments, Steve Smith, Felder should not retire. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think so either. But again, you know, it's not just about the performance inside the cage. You know, he has a four-year-old, I think it was a daughter, and uh, he is married. You know, he has to leave his home i believe he still lives in philadelphia i could be wrong but if he has to leave philly he goes to milwaukee to train for a couple months at a time and then for a fight like this has to travel across the world in his last fight he had to travel across the world that's not easy in your family if you, especially if you look at paul felder's uh it, where he's fought a lot of his fights have been international that's not easy on his family for sure so i think you know performance wise he's still a top 10 guy in this division i don't think he should retire but there's other factors at play here not just what's going on in the cage i will say that i think it's a little bit emotional it must have been a heartbreaker i mean i watched that uh interview the post-fight interview a couple times writing an article on yesterday and you know just seeing him wait for the decision we read and hooker my god that was emotional for those guys you know i gotta be honest though guys as soon as i as soon as it was a split decision i still had a feeling Dan hooker is going to win because it was in his hometown and usually when it's a close fight like this the Fans tend to influence the judges just a little bit, and just a little bit is sometimes enough for the hometown fighter to get the win, and that's what happened here. But yeah, Paul Feller shouldn't retire. I'd like to see him fight again. And, you know, the one guy, Adrian, said, Dustin Poirier, and just looking at the rankings here, Felder ranked number six, although he'll move up, obviously. Um, Cerrone, I don't even know why Cerrone's still ranked. I, well, I guess he's going to fight lightweight again. I don't know. He's ranked in two divisions, I guess. But uh I Quinta, if I Quinta is in that fight, that'd be kind of a fun one, Felder I Quinta. We'll see what happens. I mean, really, there's a, quite a bit of options, I think, if he wants to fight again, but it's really going to be his call. Um, the guy's just a warrior, though, for sure, and Poirier would be a fun fight. I just don't think Poirier will fight him because Poirier seems to think he's, like, in line for a title or something. I don't know what's going on with that guy. I think he's a great fighter, and he's just kind of kind of realized that his place right now, after coming off lost to Habib and there's other contenders, he's got to take fights against lower ranked guys. Just That's just how it is. Zubair, or uh, Adrian Kapoor, Zubair should have got $50,000. That TKO was clean as... F 
Yeah, it was. It, it looked good. But, you know, it's just one of these situations, man, where the UFC really should be giving out more bonuses at this point. You know what's crazy? I was looking back at, like, old cards from 10 years ago the other day. They used to give out $60,000, sometimes $80,000, sometimes $100,000. It's weird how they settled on this $50,000 number in 2020. Like, it's like the bonuses went down. There was that card, the Connor card, 246. They gave out five bonuses that night. That was just an opportunity to give Connor some extra money. I mean, they were never going to give out five bonuses. They're already going to give out four. I'd love to see him give out five, though. I think it's well-deserved for these fighters, especially in a card like this where there's so many, like, dominant performances and finishes. Like, I think there should be a little bit more money spread around. Um, there are locker room bonuses still that float around from time to time. I don't think it's as prevalent as it once was under the Fertitta ownership group. But I do think there is some extra money being sent to these guys if they have great performances. So hopefully Zubair does get a little bit extra. But, uh, yeah, I just think there should be another bonus awarded. Adrian Kapoor, Auckland's better, some pay-per-views, in my opinion. Great fight. Yeah, it was a good card. I mean, it really was a solid card. All right, let me get to Bellator now because uh, there was two Bellator cards in this weekend, which is crazy, right? Let's get to Bellator 239 here. Main event. Um, just looking at the – oh, my God. It's so confusing. If you were topology – the main event's buried like six fights down because they do all those stupid post limbs, which I absolutely hate the Bellator does. 16 fights in this card, really? Wow. Okay, so just getting to it, I'm just going to skip those post limbs, although I guess Kyle Crockmore won, who's a pretty good prospect. Um, but getting to the post limb, the prelim, ugh, the main card, my God, I'm confused. Main card, Yaroslav Amistad defeats Ed Ruth, unanimous decision. This guy's good, man. 23-0 now. It's time for a step up. I mean, this guy's got to be really close to the title shot at this point. He's probably one fight away. What about Lawrence Larkin? That'd be a fun fight, right? Michael Page would be a fun fight. Don't think they'll give Michael Page this guy. This guy beats Michael Page, by the way. I, I'm confident this guy would take Michael Page down and beat him up. They will never match on Michael Page against this guy. I think he wins that fight. You know, credit to Ed Ruth, man. He's fighting some tough dudes, and, you know, this is a tough fight for him. But, yeah, Amosov looked good. Next up, Miles Jury defeats Brandon Gertz. You decision. You know, Gertz held his own. He's a gatekeeper, though, and I don't think anyone's surprised that Jury won this fight. So it is what it is. Uh, pretty expected. Outcome, I think, there. This was an upset. Tim Johnson beats Tyrell Fortune. First round knockout. Looked good, man. Brutal knockout. First loss of Fortune's career. He didn't wrestle. It's his fault. I mean, what was he thinking? You know, again, this happens a lot to fighters. His last fight was a quick knockout. Wants to stand and trade against the guy who's dangerous. He gets clipped and gets KO'd. So, you know, this happens a lot in May. Wrestler falling in love with the striking. Didn't need to happen. But yeah, for Tim Johnson, man, he needed this. Breaking that two-fight losing streak by knockout. He needed this win bad, and he got it. And also on the main card, Valentin Moldowski defeats Javi Ayala. Decision. Dominant performance. You know, Javi Ayala, by the way, I was reading an interview with this guy before the fight. He's a full-time Walmart employee, and he trains on the side. That's just messed up, man. I mean, this sport, I love MMA. You guys all love it, too. But it's crazy. Like, what other high-level athlete has to work a full-time job? Like, it's very rare. It's crazy, right? This guy working at Walmart to put food in his tailor's his family and does fighting basically for fun. It's nuts. And he beat Frank Mir in his last fight. It's not like this guy's a bum. I mean, he's got good wins. Frank Mir, Caraton, he's doing that while working full-time in a Walmart warehouse. That is nuts. So good for this guy, man. You know, I, I respect the hustle. I will say that. But, uh, yeah, he got dominated in this fight. Just looking down the rest of the uh, card here, Josh Hill, Canadian, wins his Belter debut against Venetia Zaney. I don't know who that is. Keith Lee de defeated Sean Bunch. I believe that was an upset. So good for Keith Lee getting the win there. That's Kevin Lee's brother. And uh, Christina Williams lost. So that's kind of a bad loss for her. And Gaston Bolanos lost. What happened to this guy? 
This guy was such a good prospect, knocking everyone out. Belter loved him. Back-to-back -back losses now. Don't know what happened to him. Weird. So, from what I saw, I mean, it was standard Friday Night Bellator card. I got to be honest, I was a little bit more interested in the Cops episodes afterwards. The only time I watch Cops is when I tape Bellator and then it ends early and I see the Cops episode after. It was a pretty good episode, actually. <laughs> Kevin Scott, booking guys like Corey after they lose a title fight seems to be the hardest thing to do. Nobody ever wants to come back for an untitled fight. It is tough. Poirier, you know, he's been open to 170, but it seems like, you know, Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz are the only fights he'll take. Like, he needs to take a fight. Gaethje would be a fun fight, too, for Poirier. For Gaethje, I don't think he wants that fight. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with, with Poirier. He's got to fight soon. I mean, he hasn't fought since September. He's got to fight soon. Kevin Scott, Max, Ortega, Poirier, Woodley, Colby, Whitaker, Reyes, Santos, Smith, DCL, and fought since losing a title. Well, some were recently injured. Yeah, it is tough to come back. It's like you get to the pinnacle. You don't want to start again. but it. That's part of the sport, man, unfortunately. Let's get to Bellator 240. Bellator Dublin slash Bellator 240. Just, again, very bizarre the way they do these cards. But, you know, getting to the card, the Bellator Dublin card, Liam McCord defeats Judas Rees, 28-28, 29-28, 30-27. I mean, for all the hype on her, she barely won her fight. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess she's popular in that part of the world, but I don't see much else. Charlie Ward defeats Kyle Kurtz, knockout. Expected one upset though. Austin Clem defeats Aaron Chalmers. A lot of people thought Aaron Chalmers was kind of a sure winner here, and Clem gets the win. Aaron Chalmers now two and two in, the, in uh, Bellator. You know, it's a guy that uh, remember was uh, a reality TV star. You know, good for him for winning a couple fights in Bellator, but guy's not a true mixed martial artist. He's a reality star turned mixed martial artist. And uh, I guess no shocker, he lost a lot of people parlayed him, but this is the risk you make when you parlay someone that doesn't have much experience and who's not like an experienced MMA fighter. Getting to Belter 240, Brent Primus defeats Chris Bungard, first round submission. This guy is just really good. Brent Primus is an excellent fighter. 91 now in his career, 7-1 in uh, Bellator. Has the winner of Michael Chandler. It's like the, he got punished because Chandler got hurt in that fight. It's, it's like he got the rematch, he lost, and since then... Well, actually, no, they didn't update his record. He's 10 and 1. So he's 8 and 1 in Bellator. He is a free agent now. I'd love to see the UFC sign him. I think he'd look really good in the UFC lightweight division. Um, I think there's a lot of fighters he can beat. You know, at age 34, it's now or never for him. So I think he will go to free agency and see what's out there. He's not happy with Bellator. They don't give him a lot of fights. He fights like once a year. I think UFC would be a great spot for Brent Premis personally. And, uh, I'm not saying he's going to fight for the title by any means, guys, but I think there are fighters in this division in the UFC that he can beat. So I think that'd be a good signing for them because uh, it doesn't seem very happy with Bellator. Uh, otherwise, in the card, uh, you got this guy Keith for Crosby. He won his fight. Beck Rawlings won her fight. Good for her. Ricky Bendeas got a knockout. Oliver Enkamp got a spinning backfist knockout. He's a former UFC fighter. And on the prelims here, uh, Richard Kylie, the guy who just fought Michael Page, lost again. Georgie Karakanyan defeated Paul Remond via submission. Good for him. Will Flurry won his fight, and a bunch of other fighters. Again, there's like 20 fights almost on this card. It's crazy. I heard it was a long day. I saw that uh, John Cavanaugh, Connor's coach, who's coach at SPG, I think he said he walked out 15 fighters or something, which is crazy. So he's coaching like the whole day, which is nuts. But uh, yeah, I just think they need to cut down their cards a little bit. Um, they do a lot of cards. It's not like they don't do many cards. I just think they got a lot of fighters. Kevin Scott, it's like Bellator is trying to scourge people from watching their events. What was that nonsense this weekend? No clue when or where anything was aired or live or taped late. It's it's true. 
it's very difficult to watch the events. I watched the Friday night one because I uh, I taped it and then just watched it afterwards, which uh, is the best way to do it because there's a lot of commercials on uh, Paramount Network. Just skip through them. It's easy. It's not like this card's really just worth staying in front of the TV and watching those commercials for it, in my opinion. So I watched it afterwards. As far as the Saturday card goes, yeah, I mean, it's tough to watch. Um, I'll be honest, I watched a lot of the uh, clips online. Didn't really see the fights live. Uh, Adrian Kapoor, fellow reserves to Mojo. I'll take a look back at this and see how he'll still be at the top. Dustin, Al, even Tony Felizas to be would all be sick. Yeah, all those fights would be fun. You know, Felder could even fight potentially the loser of uh, Tony and, and Habib. I'm mean, probably not Habib, but Tony Ferguson would Felder. That'd be a fun fight too, man. Poor Avers Ferguson. That'd be a fun fight. There's a lot of options right now. I think a lot of these guys are just kind of waiting to see what happens in that fight. You know, it is in April. I hate how the UFC booked this fight in April, guys. I really wish this fight was next month. There's no reason this fight couldn't have been next month. This fight was booked before Adesanya Romero. But it's happening after it. That doesn't make any sense to me. So very, very strange that they wait until April to book the stamp fight. I just want to see what happens there. It's going to be a great fight. And it just happened. All right. That's it for Bellator. I got to talk about the boxing match as well. Tyson Fury defeats Deontay Wilder via seventh round TKO. Wow. He looked amazing. I did pick Tyson Fury in this fight. A lot of people were picking Walder, and I could see why. I mean, with the knockout power, I just thought Fury was the better boxer, and that's why I picked him. He looked great. Awesome performance by Tyson Fury. He looked amazing in this fight. Good for him. Now what's next? Hard to say. There's speculation they could do a trilogy fight because apparently Walder has a rematch clause in his contract. Maybe Walder wants to take a break. Fury has been called up by Anthony Joshua's manager. That'd be a fight that a lot of us want to see. Joshua already has a fight booked, so... Not sure what's going to happen there. They could maybe get rid of that fight somehow. But, yeah, hard to say, guys. But, man, Fury looked good. He looked really good in this fight, guys. Now, of course, there's an MMA component to this because uh, Max Kellerman, who's a boxing analyst who uh, does a little bit of MMA as well. He does other sports now. He, uh, you know, Max Kellerman uh, is a guy that's it has been around for a long time. But, anyways, he, he made kind of a controversial comment, I guess. Boxing heads really didn't like this one where he said that Stevie Milosic or whoever the UFC heavyweight champ is actually tougher than whoever the boxing heavyweight champ is, the baddest man on the planet, not tougher, but the baddest man on the planet because it's closer to a real fight. That's what Kellerman said. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, kind of uh, conversation about this ever since then. It, you know, for me, it's like, it's hard to say. Now, I will say this. Stipe did call out Fury, so did Nagano. Both those fights, I mean, they'd be kind of interesting for MMA fans to watch, especially. But I'd be honest, if it's a boxing match, Fury knocks both those guys out probably. And if it's an MMA fight, then he probably loses. So. You know, I think, I'll say this, I think Fury will fight in MMA before his career is over. I think he will have an MMA fight. Don't know who it's going to be against. He probably does get a title shot just because it's Tyson Fury. Dana White loves the guy. So I think he could get one. But uh, if it's MMA, he loses. I think if it's boxing, he wins. You know, I, I, and I don't think there's anything controversial saying that. Kevin Scott, you see those boxing walkways? That's some crazy stuff. I love it, man. I love it. I wish MMA did that. You know, what's what's going on? What's going on with with the UFC? Why why can't they let these guys have some personality? You know, the Reebok deal killed the personality of these fighters. They weren't able to wear their own shorts. They uh, are unable to wear like stuff during their walkout. Like, look in Bellator, in Bellator, perfect example. Tyrell Fortune, if I'm mistaken, walked out with a Kobe Bryant jersey and had purple shorts, purple and yellow shorts. That's awesome. But in the UFC. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Dominic Reyes, right? He wanted to wear a Kobe Bryant jersey out. They're like, no, you can't do that because it's not Reebok. Such BS. I hate the Reebok deal. It's garbage. 
Anyways, I love the boxing walkouts, man. They look good. And, you know, the, the guy singing. You know, uh, Chad Mendes and Conor McGregor, five years ago, I think, whatever it was, four years ago, Conor, can't remember, was it was it Aaron Lewis from Stained? Did he sing it? Or was it Sinead O'Connor? I can't remember who it was, but one of them, they, they sang his walkout and Chad's walkout. I think both of them, actually. I think it was Aaron Lewis did Chad and, and Sinead did Conor. Was that right? You got someone will correct me in there. Why can't they do that again? I love that. It was awesome. I think that was during the Reebok deal. They need that kind of stuff. Agent Kapoor, Khabib was against fighting Vegas, Gordon Dane. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I guess that does make sense as far as that why that fight didn't happen next month. My point is, didn't really need to happen in April. Couldn't they have built another card quicker than that? I don't know. Anyways, any last second questions, throw them in here. I want to double check what I said about Mendez and Connor though. UFC 189, July 2015, and oh, it doesn't have it on Wikipedia. No, it does. Yeah, I was right. Sinead O'Connor did McGregor, and Aaron Lewis did Bendis. My memory worked. Oh, my God. Crazy. All right. Kevin Scott, you're right. 189 walkouts. Yep. Awesome. Uh, all right. Any last second questions, guys? Throw them in right now before I get out of here. Again, I want to save the news and stuff till tomorrow. But uh, in fight announcements, so throw in any more last second questions, I'll get to them right now. But yeah, you know, it was a crazy weekend in MMA, and, and this weekend we just have one. Um, the only car this weekend really is UFC Norfolk flyweight title fight, and I'll break it down tomorrow. Cool, Kevin Scott, it's the first car of the Rock deal. Okay, fair enough, but you know, Kevin, great start, right? What happened since then? Bring back the personality, give the fighters personality. And I'll end the podcast on that note. Follow me on Twitter at Martin Podcast, MMAodsbreaker.com. Also check me out at BJPen.com and MMARings.net. Appreciate the questions today, guys. Love that, that, the back and forth. It's great. That's that's what I love. And you guys fired me up this morning talking about the card and just talking about all this stuff with MMA. So really appreciate the questions. I'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m., doing the news. And then 11 a.m., myself and Cole Sullivan breaking out UFC Norfolk. Have a great Monday, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.